You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. Let's start the year off strong. Download our Unstucked Budgeting Guide to get unstuck in your finances to begin to understand your flow of money. Look, when I think back to when I really made a shift from living paycheck to paycheck to being able to invest and actually understand my retirement timeline, it all started with budgeting. So download our budgeting guide available in the show notes. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Dumas. Today, I'm joined by Hannah Williams and James Daniel, the creators and masterminds behind Salary Transparent Street. They are equal pay activists in the Washington, D.C. area, and their viral street videos and interviews encourage strangers to share what they do and how much they make in an effort to break money taboos, combat discriminatory tendencies in employment, and close all existing pay gaps. Inspired by their own careers pivoting into high-earning spaces, they're motivated to help workers grow professionally and build wealth. Hannah and James, I get both of you guys today. How are you doing? (laughs) Good. How are you? Good. It's a little bit of a pinchy moment. I remember when I came into contact with Sally Transparency Street and how much I absolutely loved the videos and to be interviewing you guys now. A little bit of a fangirl moment. So I'm happy to be here as well. The honor is ours. (laughs) We are like her first 100K fangirls. And then we connected with Gabby, who I was a fangirl of. And then she connected me with you. It's like, come on, get out of here. I love it. Full circle. (laughs) Full circle. But man, isn't the world so small? So small. I love it. It's wild. (laughs) Well, I know a lot of the audience will be familiar with you all. And so staying on the theme of of money, I wanted to hear, what is your earliest money memory? I mean, it takes obviously something special to get into the work you're doing, which we'll dive into, but I wanted to start there. When I think of like my earliest money memory, I I grew up overseas, actually. So like my mom is Belgian. I was born in Belgium. And then like I lived in Belgium a couple of years of my life before moving around. And my earliest memory is actually in Belgium, like with euros. And I remember like my allowance at the time, I think I got two euros a week, which I remember going to Claire's in Europe. And like some of the earrings I wanted were like 275 or something. And I was like, I only have two euros. And thinking about it now is so funny because I'm like with inflation, those earrings are probably like 12 euros now. And like, (laughs) I just think of like my little two euro coin and that's weird. Yeah. Even back then I was trying to think of like the right priority to spend my money on <laughs> earrings. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> what about you, James? Um, whenever I think of my first money memory, I think about my first job money memory. When I first got my paycheck, uh, I had just entered the Marine Corps. So my paycheck kind of like I didn't get to really see it until I graduated boot camp. And then that's when I got to actually see how much money I made during boot camp, which at that time, wasn't much. It's three, four months of boot camp, and you're there 24-7. And I left boot camp with like $3,300. Not and, bad. Yeah, at that time, I was like, mm, this is a lot of money. So I immediately spent that <laughs> you know, and figured out just how bad it is to try to save money. <laughs> Damn difficult. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I was on uh, the Financial Feminist podcast, and I was asked that question of like, what's your earliest money memory? And for me, it was... My infamous Bart Simpson clay, it was like two feet tall. It was a piggy bank. My grandma brought it from Tijuana and uh, I was obsessed with this thing. Like you could put money in, but you couldn't get it out without breaking it. That was the whole point. So 
they basically made you save this up. And then there was this kind of culture of like breaking it. And so I remember I was raised by a single mom. And I remember at the time, I can't remember the context, but I remember she mentioned something that she wanted, but she couldn't quite get it at the time. So I went to go get my Bart Simpson to try to like get the money out and I ended up breaking it. And so my mom always talks about how conflicted I was when I brought her this broken Bart Simpson. It's like one part of me was really proud of myself that I had saved money, but the other part was reeling from broken Bart. And I just remember from then on, like we have all these pictures of me with like money in my hand because I didn't have a piggy bank anymore. So I would just carry it around. That was like my thing uh, or carry any loose change I could find. And so it, it kind of starts on the accord of like exactly no wallet of like saving. And so that was like my earliest memory, which is rooted in a little bit of trauma. But I was like, I remember the value of saving, but I also remembered like the feeling of like letting your cash go once you've saved. Kind of similar to you, James, like you get your paycheck and then you're like, wait, where did that go? <laughs> what good money memory doesn't have a little trauma in it? A little bit. Seriously. So I really love your story and I've dug quite a bit of research just listening and, and hearing about it. But I, I would love to talk to you both about this. Like you found success with Salary Transparency Street really quickly. So I want you to give the audience just a little bit of a background of what that is, what you do. And then I want to hear about that transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. And for you both, it seemed like that happened so fast. So I want to kind of hear about Salary Transparency Street and then your experience in that transition. Yeah, I tell it so much. I want to see if you can actually recall it (laughs) because you've heard it so many times now. I'm going to I'm going to put the spotlight on James. All right. So what we do is we interview people uh, on the street, ask them what do they do and how much they make to help promote paid transparency. That's the gist of it. That's the gist of it. Basically, it started from my own like career experience, finding out I was underpaid. We both have a pretty similar career journey, actually. We both job hopped. Like by the time we got into the workforce, we joined the workforce kind of at the same time. Like he separated from the Marine Corps right when I graduated college. So we both like went into work at the same time and left at the same time, which was a total of like three years, James. Three, three and a half. Three, three and a half years. And in that time period, both of us had how many? Five? Total seven for me. Yeah. (laughs) James had a couple more. So we both like job hopped a lot, but the real like spark that started Salary Transparent Street was me finding out I was underpaid. Like we thought we were just killing it, like going through like these job hops and getting more money every single time we moved. And we thought we had it all figured out. And in a sense we did, but the real changer there was I started a job as a senior data analyst, which was kind of like a job title promotion and came with like $15,000 more than I was making before. So I thought, you know, I'm 23 years old. I'm a senior data analyst. I'm killing it. But within a month of starting that job, my only other colleague on my team was fired. And so like basically overnight, my workload doubled. They used the money from his salary to pay for some like software that we ended up not even using. I was so bitter about it. Like give me the money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was so upset. It really like turned from a dream job into like a nightmare, even though I was happy with the work I did. I enjoyed it. But finding out that I was underpaid after doing research was such a like shocker. It it rocked my corporate, you know, brain at the time that a company would knowingly like underpay someone because it saves them money. But to me, you know, like five to 10K goes a long way in my career. And 
it was a slap in the face. And I ended up leaving that job a couple months later after finally learning how to negotiate. And I had this interview with a recruiter and it was like the first one that the first interview after finding out I was underpaid. And she was like, you know, what's your salary requirement for this job? And I was like, I was so upset about the question. I was like, how dare she, you know, like this is how the system works. And I was like, you know, I'm going to switch it on her. I'm going to flip it. I asked her, what's your range for this job so that I know that my salary range is in line with like your budget? You know, I tried to like make it wishy-washy and she came back and she was like, it's about 115K. And I was like, that sounds good to me. Like that's just in line with my, my budget. And sure enough, they made me an offer for 115. So I found out like after accepting a 25K raise within a few months that I was underpaid. And that experience just led me to start talking about it on social media, on my personal page in early 2022, which was James and I are not like social media people. Like we, <laughs> it's it's not like we had a presence on social media before. We were very private. We don't create. So it was brand new for both of us, but I really loved making videos. And I think I tapped into this like creative skill that I had and blending it with actually building a business and having a purpose. And so <laughs> that led to the idea for Salary Transparent Street. We went out. I bribed you with some coffee. I was like, I need a cameraman. <laughs> Please come with me. And we went out, posted the same video the day we filmed it. It went viral overnight. We were like, we have to go do more interviews. <laughs> and within like a month, yeah, within a month or two, both of us quit our jobs. Long story, wow. but <laughs> that's how it yeah. came about. That's awesome. And I love it. And I appreciate you sharing kind of your journey because I had a very similar one. I think I was more up in James's count where I was at about four or five roles. And I think about the second or third, I realized, I think what you guys realized, which is there's always this innate lowballing. And I remember when I was actually applying for a role at the bank, how mean I remember, if I recall how mean the HR was when I was starting to ask questions and how much they were questioning my market research that I was bringing them. And they were saying, you know, we have this other system that's not accurate. Google's not accurate. And I was just very frank with them. I said, it's very interesting. I'm not Googling this. I know how much your employees make because I'm friends with them. So I know that this is what you pay. They actually ended up giving me the low range there. But from that moment on, I job top about every year and a half. I would give myself a 25 to 40% raise every job. So if I was making 60,000, the next job I was asking for 100. And I found myself very quickly north of 200. It wasn't that I went back to school. It wasn't that I acquired all these skills. I just got learned how to negotiate. And actually, I would never forget right before I made the most before I left corporate, I actually rejected the offer outright. Like they couldn't meet my standard and they ended up coming back and saying, actually, we can, we can do this. And so that was the moment I was like, oh, this is just a game. And so to folks listening, like it's really in your hands. This is really just a game with corporate and you have to be ready to have those conversations. So folks like Hannah, Salary Transparency, it's a great place to start. So take yourself back. Can you just like put us in your shoes for a little bit? Like you quit your job within a month what was that like? Like, what were some of the realizations you had? Obviously, there were some struggles. Like, what a change. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? <laughs> Honestly, like, when I think about it, I just remember, like, it was like a floating on a cloud. Like, I just remember kind of being a little numb because I was, like, so excited that, like, the risk was, like, I was scared shitless. But, it was so exciting that it didn't worry me. I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Like all our dreams are coming true. 
you kind of become numb to it. Like I tell James about this all the time that I feel like the experience was almost not what I expected it would be. Like I remember looking at like people on getting headlines, you know, headline articles on Business Insider and Forbes and stuff and and CNBC. And I remember thinking like, gosh, like I can't wait for that to be me one day. Like I would lose my mind. And now it's like it's happened a couple times in the past few months, you know, like we're not even a year old. And so you become like in the weirdest way, like numb to it. Cause you're like, Oh my God, like I achieved all my goals. Like, was it that easy? And it, in a weird way, it's kind of like been detrimental to my mental health. <laughs> That's just me being real. Cause it's like, okay, then what do I do next? Like I achieved everything I wanted, but like, yeah, that's just being real. Like that's how it felt to me, but it was in the best way. Amazing. And James, I mean, how did you yeah, feel? What about you, James? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, in the beginning, it was terrifying. I'll, I'll be honest about that. After doing eight years in the Marine Corps, I didn't know what quitting was. So when I actually <laughs> did start quitting, I kind of got hungry to do it. But then once we kind of had to sit down and, and discussed, you know, our ways forward in order to make the company grow, it meant that I would have to leave my job. And I was making some pretty decent money with some guys that I liked. I was making 112000 a year. And for me, like that was more than enough. But I mm-hmm. did see that there was a need for my assistance with this. And like I love to support her and all her ideas. I mean, we do everything from our little sit downs to where we just brainstorm all day. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we done travel. Every, yeah, we travel. So with that, that meant that I had to leave and I understood that. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. Yeah, it and, almost felt like not real. Yeah. Like, yeah, like was, are you telling me that was, we get to do like all of these of. things? Yeah, it was yeah. like, what's the trick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to come back to that, Hannah, because I have obviously a lot of friends in my circle, Tori, T. Drew, folks that are have just crushed it, and they describe exactly what you just said. It's this, what's next? What do I do with my life? Imposter syndrome out the Imposter ass. syndrome. Oh, we talk about that on this show a lot. To kind of reconcile a lot of it, it's coming back to the present moment. My personal like life's mission statement, I took it from Michael Jordan. I focus on the little things. Little things add up to big things. And it's so true. Like The more we can focus just on the little things that bring us joy and those moments in between the lines, like that's where you start to be able to kind of come back. Because yeah, this media game, it just feels like it's never ending. And you're just on to the next thing, on to the next thing, you know? It never stops. It's like a constant hamster wheel. It's a different beast, you know? Sometimes I definitely miss like a nine to five because in that sense, you can at least like turn off your job. You know, like I can step away from a contract and like go on a vacation and be like, it's not my problem. But (laughs) the internet, like when your job is is part of the internet and the internet literally does not ever stop, your brain never stops. The game is constantly on. It's really exhausting, but it's awesome at the same time. It's the weirdest way to describe it. No, I totally can really empathize with that. I made a video yesterday talking about how entrepreneurship actually can be more toxic and potentially more detrimental than corporate in times because a lot of the times I realize folks kind of recreate the same corporate environment. And that's something that I even struggle with. Like, as a part of like my initiative this year of just like balance, I took a week off, just completely turned off. And as you know, I was cheating. I was still kind of working a little bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we did. Yeah. We took a week off on vacation and I still worked a little still bit. Worked. It took me about a day or two to completely turn off. Like that hamster wheel continued to turn. That's something that I've been reading a lot of articles on. And actually, 
Uh, I was reading one yesterday about how someone was like, we need to talk about more in social media jobs, like the disclaimers to mental health. I know we all heard about like the Facebook group where they screen all the videos and how hard that was on a lot of the workers who have to like watch all those videos and determine which ones are good and bad. I saw that. Oh my goodness. That's a rough one. Also, like the bullying that we have on our page, you know, like we moderate, you know, we're a small team. I manage the social media page entirely, which means all day long, I have no choice but to constantly watch comments because I have to catch things before, you know, they've been up for too long that are ugly. And so like, I don't pay somebody to do that. I do that myself. And sometimes it's really taxing. And stressful. And stressful. He sees the worst. Yeah, he's always like, are you okay? (laughs) And I'm like, no, you don't want to know how bad humanity is. (laughs) I appreciate you bringing that up because I don't think that's spoken about enough. I think we kind of just are quiet and move on to the next comment and getting rid of it. I totally know that feeling. And, you know, I would I would 100% encourage like getting someone to do that at some point just because that is a lot. But totally, that's something I don't think is like spoken enough about is the taxing nature and the continuous nature of social media. As we kind of dig deeper into Salary Transparency Street, what is it like to work with your partner? Because that's something that we do see, but I've heard, right? I've seen like the extremes and I think you guys are on the good extreme. I really admire how closely you all work together. And I think you guys really are a yin and yang as I watch you two. Like, it's really wonderful to see. But like, what's your experience been? Uh, it's been great, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we both take criticism pretty well. Yeah. And we, we actually work bounce well ideas together. off of each other. Yeah. I think like inherently we're friends first. That's why our relationship is so successful. Like we're best friends. And so working together and like being in a relationship comes very naturally to us. We know like how to communicate. I think communication, communication. is so big. Yeah. And it wasn't always perfect. Like, we had a really bad fight one time in Miami. (laughs) No, Orlando. And I was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And and then we worked it out. And it's, you know, communication is just so, it goes so far. And it's been awesome. (laughs) How has your communication, how has that evolved? Like, what were some of the things that you do now that maybe you didn't do at the start? Like, is there some things that you've learned how to communicate? And I ask that just because... In essence, that is the biggest factor when I ever talk to entrepreneurs and their teams, like your ability to communicate is everything. So what are some of the things that you've learned kind of along the way? Um, speaking up. Yeah. One of the big, biggest things, because we, we have a lot of ideas and not all ideas are going to stick. So having somebody that can look on the outside of it and says, how does this actually benefit One, our mission, and then two, how does this actually benefit the team? Yeah, and when talking about business, you know, not taking things personally, echoing what you say, James, like we have ideas that we are constantly throwing at each other and it can be, if you don't take criticism well, it can feel sometimes like, you're getting attacked if if someone doesn't like a video idea or you don't like a video idea or something. But like knowing that it's just business, it's like not personal helps. But also I think one big thing is, Our work environment and like our days totally switched when we quit our jobs. Like now we are constantly both at home together. And so like before when we had our nine to fives, you would go to work and I'd be at home alone. And we had that alone time that like 
once work was over, we couldn't wait to like get back together and hang mm-hmm. out. And all we did is spend time together, which is kind of what we do now. But I think it's important also for us to have our like alone time because independence is really important. And so finding ways that we find those moments in our daily lives is also important. Like James goes on hikes throughout the day now. Uh, you know, we have also understood when we each need alone time because sometimes we're both introverts and so when we travel it's easy for things to get like out of hand to spiral if we don't communicate or just have that alone time that we desperately need and we just can read each other very well and know what the other needs yeah absolutely i mean that's key and i i we went through that and experienced that with my wife too because she's a bartender so her schedule is actually pretty flexible she works you know three to four times a week And so I'm always here. So some of the things that I've done now is on half of her days when she's home, I go out to a coffee shop, I leave, but I didn't do that at first. And actually, we had to have a conversation about that. And I think a lot of couples who work from home now, especially when you have like kids, for example, it does start to get a little wild. And so, you know, speaking up, setting those boundaries. I mean, the audience here knows, like I talk about these things at nauseum, like those things are huge. Something I wanted to pivot to is two things. Well, one is a little bit more of a selfish ask because I constantly watch the videos all the time and I sometimes can, it's like palpable. I can like feel people's discomfort, especially between generations. I (laughs) I know. No, I want to hear about that. Like, cause you handle it so well, Hannah. Like I sometimes I'm like, oh my God, how is she? I do it for the people. (laughs) Yes. For the internet. you You do. You do, but I, it's something that I, every time I watch the video, I like, no, like this person's comfortable. Like they want to get into it and tell, and then this person's like, what did she just ask me? So how do you navigate that? And also like, do you have any funny stories from that? Cause I just can imagine walking up to people all day. Like you have to have some stories. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I feel like we have so many stories every time we go out that now whenever people ask if we have stories, they're all blurred together. (laughs) And I'm just like, let me think of a trip. (laughs) But it's really interesting. Like people are great. I'm an introvert through and through, but like sometimes when I talk to these people and they're like the good ones, like you can feel that energy. Gosh, they really lift you up and they make every, like your entire day better if it had been bad. And it's just, the energy is great. It's funny, the reactions people have. Um, We get a few people go like, what do you want next? My social security number. (laughs) And we're like, okay. We have some people who have like just lost their shit seeing us in the street, which is so funny. That's always fun. I or, love or it. Or the drive-bys. The drive-bys. Sometimes we'll be filming on the street and people will like lean out their window in the car and be like, salary, transparent money, people. And we're like, yeah, that's us. One time we were in Atlanta um, and we took these scooters from like <laughs> some town to another. We try to, you know, we walk around. We try to be resourceful. We, we love to like stomp the city. Like, how many miles did we do one time? 17 miles in One time we walked 17 miles in New York, and it was nothing for us. Like, at a certain point, we started counting. Like, we would realize when our feet hurt was when we had hit, like, 10 to 15 miles. miles. (laughs) And so, like, gosh, we pounded the pavement. So one time we took these scooters back in Atlanta, and it was cold. So I, like, was bundled up stupid. And, like, and I was was wearing a bright green hoodie, though. So I, like, looked stupid, but I stood out and I was thinking to myself I was like god I really hope like someone doesn't see us you know like that would be so embarrassing we get back to the hotel and I'm like okay no one saw us like no one said anything it was good I check our dms on instagram 
when someone was like, did I see you scootering? Like, welcome to Atlanta. Like, and I was no. like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I responded. I was like, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> but every time we go, it's awesome. We haven't been recognized in an airport yet, but we got yeah. recognized in the DR when we were on vacation. And that was cool. Like people who know us, like they're the best stories. Yeah. Talking to people who like know us is better than people who don't. <laughs> that's amazing. No, I love that. I just, that's something that I just always like to ask folks, especially who are so in the public eye like yourself. Like there's just so many things that that you see that I don't think a lot of people expect or realize. So thanks for sharing those stories. Out of Pocket, Let's Get Coffee. I know you just launched Out of Pocket. So I want to start there first. Shout out Gabby. How has that been? What was the inspiration for Out of Pocket? And then I want to hear about Let's Get Coffee too. I am so excited you asked about Out of Pocket. Sorry, James. We're going to sideline you. (laughs) We're going to put Gabby (laughs) here. We'll Photoshop you. (laughs) Shout out, Gabby. I am so excited about it. So literally like a couple months ago, I started thinking, you know, I I wanted another outlet to talk about work issues, you know, like kind of like water cooler talk, but I didn't, you know, we, we work together. We don't work in the nine to five anymore. So I didn't feel like I really had someone to like vent with about that. And I didn't have something also out there that I could listen to, to consume that. What I felt like I wanted in my listening audio library was like a call her daddy, but for work, you know? And I was like, that literally doesn't exist. Like if it does, someone please send it to me. But like that's what I kind of wanted to create because I, I felt like it wasn't out there yet. And I wanted it to have this like work bestie feel. And I hadn't even talked to Gabby yet. But Gabby is actually like, I saw her videos about quitting her job before, way before like I even started Mm -hmm. my personal account or Salary Transparent Street. And so like, I kind of was a fangirl over Gabby. And she like, literally, I told James, I was like, she really did. I was like, there's this girl on TikTok. And like, she's so inspiring. Because at the time, I I, like found out I was underpaid. And I was like, I'm gonna quit my job. I literally was talking about that moment as my quarter midlife crisis. And I found Gabby, then like Saturday Transparency happened, all of that. And I was like, you know, I really want to create this podcast. And for some reason, I had still never talked to Gabby yet, but I just knew that Gabby was someone that I wanted to have those conversations with and that she would get it. And so I literally sent this Hail Mary DM to her and I was like, she doesn't know who I am. Like, this is going to be weird. And she was like, okay, that sounds good. Like, let's schedule a call. And we did. And it was like a perfect mesh. And we went to Austin and hung out with her and we just became instant friends. And one of my favorite stories of this is like making friends with people that I admired and idolized, you know, that I still idolize to this day that are just really cool. Like you, Khalil. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my God. I'm sitting here like, you mean like me to you? Like, oh my gosh, like you guys inspire the hell out of me every single day. (laughs) But it's awesome. And so like I pitched to her this idea for out of pocket. It took a couple months to like make it all happen because, you know, we wanted to film it in person and then it ended up not sounding great or filming visually in person, but it came together and like it is everything that we dreamed of. We're so excited about it. I'm really hoping that it takes off, but we'll see. (laughs) Podcasting is interesting. Yeah. And then Let's Get Coffee was literally just a people wanted like long form content, like longer interviews. And I was like, well, what a great opportunity to interview inspiring people and share that long form content that people want. 
So that was just like a natural fit. And also, I just want to shout out, I got amazing artwork visual done by my amazing friend, New, who runs this uh, brand new creative company. She's an amazing photographer, graphic designer, what have you. If you need her help, she is amazing. Well, I'm going to be reaching out to you to get that contact because I actually need that right now. (laughs) She literally made us walk away from a burning building on fire. So like (laughs) she can make anything you want happen. (laughs) That's awesome. And I just wanted to share about Gabby too. I remember the day that she got that DM. So I want to say that the energy was more than matched. She was stoked and definitely knew of you. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. That's the first time I'm hearing that. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's such, it's just crazy how those energies, because similarize how I met Gabby's a, as a, a staple, I feel like, on the show. She was the first episode. She's who helped launch the show. But yeah, I always think about this crazy web that's happened where I met Gabby on TikTok to the point where we became accountability buddies. I invited her to my wedding. My best man and her now are dating based from my wedding. So it all starts back from social. So I always tell people that are looking and maybe even feeling stuck about starting a business or really starting anything, like social media is so powerful. Reach out to your idols, reach out to people you respect because you just never know where it's going to go. Seriously, send the DM, make sure you proofread it, (laughs) but like shoot your shot. So for you both, this will be a staying on trend here. Now that everything's happening, brand deals are coming in, your company is growing, it's evolving, you're doing a lot. The feeling of feeling stuck or not knowing what to do next, I know you mentioned imposter syndrome. It kind of goes in hand in hand. For each of you, like when you're feeling like that, if you're feeling stuck or you're not sure where to go or what to do next, like what has been helpful to continue your momentum and or just help you get past that mental hurdle? I would say two things based on what has worked for me when I've felt stuck. I have this happen all the time. Like James knows, I'll be like, I have a block. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm just blocked. And so two things will work. Taking rest is the first one. Like actually just taking time to unplug, doing something of self-care that helps you. For me, it's doing a puzzle for the entire day and just like sitting down at a table and working on a puzzle and watching like, feel good TV, like something you do that refreshes you, but is not work, you know, a walk, exercise, anything like that, but taking time away from work, not just an hour, like significant time, you know, like a day or two. Second thing is kind of the opposite of it. So it it sort of depends what kind of stuck you are. If it's stuck on ideas, then this is a better option. It's just like, trying everything. Honestly, like when I'm stuck and I'm like, I don't know what to do because I don't really have any ideas, I rest. If I'm stuck because I have so many ideas, I have to keep working at the drawing board and just conceptualizing everything. And if it's like trying different things, one of the things I've learned is I won't know how I feel about something or how, you know, whether the energy is right, unless I try it. I put it into action, then I'll know. Unless I don't, you know, then the confusion is still there. So it's kind of like a two-way street. But usually I'll say, I I would say rest is the one that works the most for me. Absolutely. Taking breaks, giving yourself grace. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, um, yeah, I mean, she she literally said exactly what I was thinking. Uh, One thing that I do is I I go on my (laughs) nature walks. Like, and that's just for me to get away, you know, clear my head. Uh, try to figure out exactly what I'm trying to do. And then my other thing is, is what I like to call my 22nd rule. Mm -hmm. So it's usually I'm not stuck. It's just that I don't know really what I want to do. So uh, I tell myself, well, you have a bunch to do. So take 20 seconds doing one thing. And depending on how that goes, you either move on to the next thing or 
you'll end up spending three hours doing that one thing that you were trying to knock out. So getting up and move. I love that. It's right. And it's just so on brand because the two biggest things that I always talk about and the thousands of interviews I've given at this point, the number one reason people get stuck is they stop exploring. That's usually what happens. They get paralyzed and they'll stop exploring. But the other thing just, and I love that you said 20 seconds because my rule is just get started for two minutes. Start it for two minutes, see how it goes. But to your point, James, especially for those ADHDers out there, you'll find yourself potentially sitting down for about two hours and you're moving forward. Like sometimes we just overthink it. Yeah, right. I was literally about to say like, because I'm I'm terribly ADHD as well. And like, sometimes I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. But if I decide on one thing and I just focus on it for 60 seconds, then you get the train rolling and you, you start moving forward. Absolutely. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate both of you for coming on. If you haven't already, definitely go give Salary Transparency Street a follow and go listen to Out of Pocket and Let's Get Coffee. Hannah, James, I'm so proud of you both. I'm so honored to be in your presence and I can't wait to continue to grow our relationship and I'll see you hopefully in LA in about a month. Yes, sir. Thank Thank you, Khalil. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Unstucked Podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.